Well, hello there. Gather round the hearth and come in from the cold, as it is now the end of September in the Midwest, which means I have wool socks on because my apartment was 63 degrees when I woke up this morning. This is the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast. That was a very weird way to start an episode of a podcast. You're listening to episode 146. As I said, it's the end of September. You're getting this on the 30th. But today, when we record, is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris, the Salty Sternum. And today I am joined by the illustrious King James, not the Bible, not the ball player, but the Lord of BLP Entertainment. What's going on, James? For a half second there, I thought you were going to ask me to roll initiative because I thought I was at the wrong podcast. <laughs> I, I got oh, my I dice never... right here. I'm ready to play some D&D if this is what we're doing. Get, get those D20 <laughs> rolling, nerds. It's time for the mostly normal tavern mostly, podcast. You know, fun fact, I used to have a YouTube channel called the Thirsty Kraken Tavern. And everybody mm. thought we were just a pub, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, good old, good old days back when I was making YouTube videos. Um, you'd think with all of the D and D I play and my two D and D groups and multiple times having DM'd things that I would be a better on the spot improviser for D and D names. And all I could come up with is the mostly normal tavern. So yeah. um, we're going to steer this ship in a completely different direction before it gets any worse for me. Uh, we're going to jump into the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you need us to weigh in on, please reach out to us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't use Twitter, you can send us an old fashioned email to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's our website. Go check it out. Give us some critical feedback about how it's out of date. We love to hear it. Sign up for the newsletter that is in hiatus mode still at mngamers.substack.com to read some Mostly Normal Monthly back issues. And go ahead and leave us a voicemail or text at 507-291-2991. That's our Google Voice number. Again, that's 507-291-2991. Quick top of the show shout out to my man, Matt, who's getting married this weekend. He listens to the show because he's a super loyal friend. Love you, dude. Super excited for your wedding. Congratulations. Yeah. With that, let's talk about some video games we've been playing. I see one on your list that I'm incredibly curious about. What's going Which on with Shovel Knight Dig? Okay, I've admittedly only played a little bit of it. I bought it when it came out, but unfortunately, Chrissy has had the Switch under her control for the last bit because she's been playing Potion something. There's something. Uh, it's it's God. It's like a Stardew Valley game. Potion Permits or something like that. And she's been she's been really enjoying it. So I haven't gotten a lot of playtime into Shovel Knight Dig, but if you like Shovel Knight, it feels like more Shovel Knight, except with one little twist. Instead of that standard Mega Man world map boss levels kind of feel to it, it is uh, it's a roguelike. Mm. And uh, it's all about tunneling deeper into the hole that uh, I guess a, a, a new knight is coming uh, called uh, Drill Knight. 
And uh, so you're like slowly making your way down. I've made it to the first boss. I have not made it past the first boss, but they got plenty accessibility features where you can like up your health a lot or you can up the damage you do or make how much uh, health items or whatnot appear. So they have like a lot of like ways around it. I've definitely upped the way health items appear because I always feel like I just get like just swamped with <laughs> enemies and no regen. Mm-hmm. So uh but I'm I'm getting the hang of it. It's it's cute, quirky, the same like shovel knight you you've always known. Um I believe it's a prequel. It takes place before the actual adventure of Shovel Knight. So honestly, if this is your first Shovel Knight game, it's it's worth a go. Um controls are tight. Everything is what I love about uh, Yacht Club Games games and God, the uh, pixel art looks so good in this. It's so good. And have you seen anything on their new game? Uh, Mina, the hair, ha- harrower. Yes, I um, just or, like there when it was like first announced. But the fact that it's basically a GBA like, yes, it's a, in the way that Shovel Knight is a love letter to Mega Man games, most specifically, but like that era of NES side scrollers the way that it's a gba zelda love letter like that is oh my god zelda you know what i'm saying yeah no it's it's i i the second i saw it i was like i'm in love it's castlevania meets uh legend of zelda for the game boy advance and it just looks gorgeous so these guys put out good games they started well hold on the aesthetic in this trailer i'm watching for shovel knight dig is way more 16 bit Yes. Oh, yeah. Eight bit, which I think is really cool to see the character models updated this way. I it's didn't it's almost it. like they went from Shovel Knight to Super Shovel Knight. Yeah, and so first question. Yeah. How familiar are familiar are you with Steam World and Steam like Steam World games and Steam World Dig in particular? I I vaguely. Um, I know you've talked about it before, and I believe they did a similar similar aesthetic didn't they like then they well they like the mechanics here of it being a roguelike where you're digging downwards and like trying to dig a path to getting certain treasures yeah is giving me like strong steam world dig vibes okay so that's a really good game interesting so yeah it it plays a lot like you go too far as soon as you pass an item kind of you're you're kind of done unless you've got some sort of like a special item that allows you to recover or um, try to get to the other side of the screen to collect a a gem you might have missed. Um, Each area you like, like it's progressed in like level segments. There's about three level segments and then the boss so far, maybe it changes further down, but uh, the three segments, each kind of like you hit like a fork in the road and you get to pick um, which tunnel to go down. How, and each of them have like signs that vaguely tell you what's coming up. Like a, maybe it's an enemy type and you're going to see more of them. Or maybe it's going to have like some kind of. Uh, um, oh, there's going to be a store down this one. So maybe you want to go down that side. Um, and so it gives you those sort of options. And while you go through each segment, you collect golden cogs. And these cogs go into what looks like like the Robotniks like drill thing that he like it almost or no, it's not Robotnik. It looks like Shredder's drill uh, oh, machine sure, that sure. goes 
that goes to the Technodrome from Ninja Turtles. And uh, it comes down at each of these forks in the road. And if you've collected all three cogs, it, they go in and it opens up and you can either select um, to get a full restore of health or a random item that you don't know what you're going to get. So it's kind of cool that way. And then now, of course, they've got every time between runs, you can go back up to the surface, spend your uh, spend the gems, hard earned gems that you've collected on uh, carry like carry capacity for items as well as unlock special items to find down in the tunnel uh, as well as story stuff. So it's 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 so far it's good. It's really solid. I am I'm happy. I just wish I got more time to play it. Yeah, got to get your hands back on the Switch, which if uh, this potion permit game is anything like Stardew, it sounds like you'll never see your Switch again. So <laughs> I told her I was using my Switch uh, <laughs> to stream on Monday and she was devastated. <laughs> um, um, well, yeah. you know, if you're trying to scratch a similar itch, uh, SteamWorld digs on all kinds of platforms and SteamWorld mm-hmm. Dig 2 is... Uh, I don't think you need like the story context of SteamWorld Dig 1 and SteamWorld Dig 2 is kind of renowned as like a major upgrade, but I, I just loved the first one a whole bunch. Um, Fair enough. Well. So if you, you know, if you need an excuse isn't, to get a new game. Isn't the gunk in the same universe? Or is it the oh, same? Just the, it's just the same, same developers. I don't know if it's, oh, the, it's same the same universe. Developer. I did not make it all the way through the gunk. Um, mm. it, kind of the same symptom of a lot of games with me where like, if I set it down for a week, it's never getting picked back up. And, and that's what ended up happening with it. Um, yeah, fair enough. Nice, nice, like distraction from the grueling world of Elden Ring, though. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it was a grueling world, but it was also like pretty cute. And you're helping clean up mess. So it's like very nice. Um, I see Quick. you're also digging into a different game. Yeah, I'm replaying. I'm I'm just I've got a, a glutton for punishment right now. I'm replaying Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. I did uh, replay Ground Zeroes uh, a weekend or two back, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I need more." For some reason, I, I don't know what it was. Know what it was? Did you know Gaming released a video with David Hayter where they talk about um, on like cut content from the Metal Gear games. And I think that put me into a spiral of just wanting to play Metal Gear again, which is like it's a game series that I've I've loved for a long time. And uh, and I just felt like, you know what, maybe I should get (laughs) just jump back in. I don't have any other games to be playing right now. Let's just play uh, an excessively long (laughs) uh, open world uh, stealth game. so yeah, I'm about halfway through Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain. And you know what? God, that game that game is just brilliant. And I know everybody criticizes it for its its story just not being there as much as like the other games. Mm-hmm. But the way they have like a lot of the story locked in audio logs that you can just play while playing the game is just great, especially when you're experiencing an open world. So right, exactly. It's like having a podcast game but the podcast is about the game exactly yeah no it's 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 so good and like so i'll be sitting there listening to uh uh the uh uh ocelot or um miller telling me about like things that are going on in the game and the other day i was playing it 
And it suddenly hit. I was like, wait, Ocelot. I know that voice. And then uh, Miller comes on. And I go, I know that voice, too. It's like, God damn it. Who are these voice actors? So uh, I, I didn't even look it up. I figured out Ocelot was Troy Baker. Ah. Um, but then now I don't know his name for the life of me, but I know who he plays. The voice actor for Miller plays Travis Touchdown from the No More Heroes franchise. And every time I hear him talk, it's just Travis now. And I'm just imagining uh, <laughs> him sitting on the toilet <laughs> at a save screen or saying some stupid. Uh, anyway, it's it's so funny how like over the years of gaming, you go back and suddenly you realize these characters in games that you loved were like, like, wait, I know these these the people who play these characters. It's such a cool, it's like watching old movies and go, I didn't realize so-and-so was in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I, uh, God, I love that series. And, uh, it, the one, the one good thing about the Phantom Pain is just the controls and gameplay is superb. Absolutely. Like super superb. That's oh. always like going back to the metal gear games, like even through four, it just feels like putting my hands like in a bubble bath and trying to get a game to play the like just like the controllers like at the bottom of the tub and I can't slippery <laughs> and like I can't get it to do what I want and like I don't know I four like I never played either of the parts of Metal Gear Five and so like Metal Gear Four was like the one that I like really tried with and didn't get that far into um i three, three was my sweet spot but i also was terrible at that game yeah i played it, it on like is... the easiest setting with the infinite trank dart gun yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what the trank dart gun is still the bread and butter of three um the funny thing is the best place to play it is now on the nintendo ds Oh, um sure. <laughs> the 3ds but because they've just added so much content to the 3ds version compared to the other ones but the, the downside is if you don't have the 3ds with that extra stick or the, um that oh, like what is it the xl thing yeah oh yeah i think that had it right the uh yeah, it had like an extra it. nub yeah yeah so apparently like i have the old 3ds and it's just like I'm missing that one little if it was only on like another and somebody's like, oh, yeah, you got to have you got to be playing on the XL because it's got that extra extra it's like a tiny for... little from like the ThinkPad laptops. It's yes. Like a little yes. Mouse <laughs> exactly. Um, incredible. Well, I, I purchased or found a way to get access to all of the metal gear games and just have yet to do my playthrough of them. And with the way that game pass is sunsetting games that I've been urgently putting off to play. And then I'm trying to cram. I don't know if I'll ever get to it because it seems like every month, a game I was really excited about on game pass is saying goodbye. Um, Which (laughs) speaking of which um, unsighted is a game about how you have a time limit to save your friends and they will die. If you don't, do things fast enough and this game leaves game pass on friday the 30th it's gone at the end of the month um so i uh i fell down a, a little bit of an unsighted rabbit hole um 
gamer hole, K hole kind of situation. Uh, and I've really, really found that I like this game. Um, let me paint a picture for you. No, it's go ahead. Got, let me read. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a summary line when you Google search it on page two of the Google results. It has a summary line from rpgsite.net. Unsighted features a cast of characters known as automatons, humanoid robots who have miraculously gained sentience after a strange meteor, it's, you know, ellipses, strikes the planet. Automatons with sentience? Oh, just like in Mega Man, you might ask? And I would say, yes, kind of like in Mega Man, mostly like Mega Man Zero. Um, And it's a top-down action RPG game with just like really beautiful pixel art, cool character designs. Um, You play as a a automaton named Alma who's uh, lost her memory and is like going through this adventure to try and kind of save her friends. Because as I said at the start, um, there's an option to turn this off. and, And I did actually eventually turn this part of the game off just because like I'm running out of time and also running out of the resource that lets you keep yourself and other people alive. But um, every time you meet a character, including yourself and including your little fairy companion character, that's obviously an allusion to Navi from Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. Like they next to their name, just have a number of hours. Oh, what? Your remaining lifespan. What is this Digimon world? (laughs) And the number of hours there is not, correlated to real time it's probably like every minute is an hour if that Mm. um and so you know your character starts out with maybe like a 300 ish 350 ish hour lifespan and i was down to like a hundred hours and then i was down to like 68 when i finally said you know what i've spent a lot of this resource that is supposed to be spent on me on increasing my relationship with these other characters and keeping them alive and I just don't have enough to dump into my character to keep me going. I'm going to freeze this for now. I've already had like half of the cast of characters I've met die. <laughs> um, and so a bunch of the NPCs are gone. But if you do spend that resource, like whoever you invest the resource with, they have a little heart meter. And once you fill it up to four hearts by giving them four chunks of this meteor or that extends their life they have like a really high level, like special item to give you at the end. So oh, cool. Um, it's been really interesting to see, like, as I've gone into the game, there's five MacGuffins that you're supposed to go collect. If you're familiar with the idea of a MacGuffin, yep. Movie, yep. right? like whatever's driving the plot forward. So you have to go find these five shards of this meteor in order to forge the meteor blades so that you can cut your way into this contraption that the humans have put onto the meteor that gives life to automatons, basically. So this meteor Mm -hmm. hits Earth, the automatons get this life force into them and become sentient beings. There's a war, and as part of the war, the humans have dropped some sort of containment field onto that meteor in order to siphon the energy off for their purposes. So all of the automatons are going what's called unsighted as they lose this connection to their life force. You're Mm -hmm. fighting the unsighted automatons and you're like combat, basically, out in the world and then like your friends are slowly going unsighted unless you give them meteor or as a resource meteor gotcha. relatively constrained. It's like 
you're going out of your way solving some puzzles to like find the treasure chest with it um, got it that being said the combat's really tight it has a good parry mechanic that like is demanding um last night there's these like menacing boss creatures that are just like lurking the overworld that you run away from at the very start of the game because like it forces you to fight them in a fight that you're supposed to lose kind of context mm-hmm. and last night i was on a tear and i killed like all of them and it was like before getting the final end game weapon that is supposed to make light work of them and it's just by like you have to get the parry timing down and like parry them four or five times in a row and then i got this like huge red axe and used a jumping attack because if you parry them enough times they go into like a critical receiving state and i was like one hit killing them so it was very satisfying um there's each of the dungeons is like an elemental theme like it's all very zelda very mega man you can sort of go check it the game presents an open world map to you saying this is a recommended order but you don't have to do it in this order but i am finding that maybe there's like as in dark souls one maybe there's some like back doorways to get into these places i think but otherwise like it does seem like there's some zelda style equipment gating where it's like you need to get the giant top that you ride to break down stone pillars in order to access the level after the giant Mm -hmm. top right gotcha Um, but the game's really interesting in that it like layers mechanics and equipment and mechanics and equipment on top of one another but Mm -hmm. you pick a loadout and so a feature they added in one of the recent updates that's like promoted on the top screen when you open the game is that they've added a loadouts feature so you can cycle between three of them and so like maybe one loadout i'll use um a lightning sword and a giant shuriken made out of ice and the ice shuriken if you throw it over the water freezes little frozen path for you to walk on the water to solve puzzles right so you're using your ranged weapons very frequently as like puzzle solving tools so it's kind of like a weird balancing act where it's like you know my ideal build is to use this gun that i got by building my relationship up with this other character but instead when i'm navigating this dungeon i'm using the ice grenade launcher to shoot ice grenades so that i can walk along this path and if I'm thrown into a combat setting, like, yes, I can cycle through it, but sometimes you just panic and you're like in the fight. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so it's really cool that way. And then, um, did you ever play the Mega Man battle network games? Yeah, I played, uh, two of them and, and as well as the, uh, the actual or the, the side scrolling one network yeah. transmission. Sure. That's so yeah. in Mega Man battle network three, they introduced this concept of a chip, right? And it's basically a grid where you can implant different power-ups that are like your RPG power-ups for that game. Mm. This game has a much more stripped-down, simplified chip system. Um, also not unlike Nier Automata had, if that makes mm. any resonance yep. with you. But basically it's like, okay, so I want to equip something that increases my damage with swords by 10%. Well, that takes up two chip slots. So uh, the smallest ones will be one. The biggest ones that I've found are three. Right. And you're kind of prioritizing like, okay, like I could put two plus stamina and one plus health, or I could put the quick reload chip in, which is three chip slots, but it makes my gun reload like insanely fast. Right. Mm. And so all of the layering of the different equipment you're picking up, the different chip choices, it all really like allows for different play styles. 
But then beyond that, the people you're choosing to invest your relationships with and the people who end up dying is also impacting your play style, right? Because it's like each of them is tied to like a mechanical upgrade or a mechanic unlock. So for example, there's kind of a mad scientist character who's made an exile from the village and she'll give you extra healing slots, basically. Mm. She died before I ever got a single unlock from her. Oh, wow. So I just only have the one default healing slot. But to to make up for that, there's a vendor who sells temporary healing slots. And so I maxed the vendor's thing out, and maxing this vendor out gives you a chip that cuts vendor prices in half. So... Now, all of a sudden, I'm just going and dropping like 400, 500 credits on a new health vial every time I need one because he just like wanders. He's like a traveling merchant robot wandering the wilderness. Uh, and so every so often I run into him and I'm like, I'm going to buy as many as you'll let me carry. Thank you, <laughs> because I have no other option. <laughs> um, I, I really love the game. I'm uh, through. I've gotten four of the five meteor shard MacGuffin type things. And so I think I'll be able to beat it by the time it leaves Game Pass. Um, but I'm tempted to just buy it and like have it in the collection. I just am not a game replayer that way. Um, but mm. it is rad. And never before, based on our conversations that I've had with you, James, is there a game that sounds like it was made more to combine your interests. That's <laughs> and funny. I hope I'm I hope I'm establishing that in what I'm saying. But I'm having I, a uh, really, really remember- good time with it. I remember uh, Unsighted when it came out, it was all over my Twitter feed for a while. It, um, I believe everybody was talking about it being the good cyberpunk game that came out in September. Um, it is a which, pretty good cyberpunk game too. Yes, it is yeah. very cyberpunk. And yeah, when I check it out, when I'm looking at it, it's it's so funny because it reminds me heavily of like, just from visual standpoint, it reminds me a lot of Hyperlight Drifter. Um, there is a which... hyperlight drifter reference in it. Oh shit! Really? That's that's yeah. funny. Um, so yeah, no it it looks good. I will definitely. I was interested in it when it came out last September. Um, I'm still interested in it. I just there's just so much on the go, and I now you've told me that I have essentially two days to play it. <laughs> and I just well, I've got. I mean, I'll, I'll have to pick it up. It's, it's a good opportunity on Game Pass. Like it, it gets you into the action really quickly. Like, mm. so it, you could get a feel for like, you know, how am I like, and it did take a while for the combat to grow on me all the way, but it's like pretty much all the way there now that I've got the timings figured out. But gotcha. like, pick it up, check it out on Game Pass for like an hour. And then if you really like it, I think it is a perfect Switch game. As long as this yeah. game runs at a good, as, as like runs well on the Switch. I could not picture a game that I would rather be sitting and playing on the Switch. So Interesting. Oh, it kind of reminds me. Did you ever play Botkai or Boktai? I can't remember the which That's one. the Konami game, right? With the Yeah, the Konami um, GBA the, game. You're like a vampire hunter or something with a sun gun. With a sun gun and you had to go collect sunlight on your GBA. Yeah. I believe Kojima Boktai. worked on that. It is a Hideo Kojima game. 
Yeah. It is literally a Kojima game. Speak just to bring everything full circle. Yeah, you had it had like a solar panel on the actual Game Boy cartridge, cartridge yep. and you had to like charge it by facing it towards the sun. Which made it a nightmare to play outside because back on the back in the day on the original GBA you yeah, did no backlit. You would, you would not have been able to play that system and see the screen. It was really kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved the first and second buck buck. I can't pronounce it, but I did love it. I think there's like ports for them now that has like uh, like some other method of getting that sunlight. But I believe mm-hmm. I remember seeing somewhere there was a port for them. It is two hundred twenty five dollars on Amazon to buy that. Oh, package. so just just a, a small sum. Just a victim. Oh, uh, eBay brand new four hundred fifty open box three fifty nine. All of I was hurting my heart by trying to see if dragon quest five on the ds was like a lower price than when i didn't buy it and it was like 89 dollars, and now it's 225 on amazon.com so a quick correction baktai has not been re-released anywhere <laughs> it's, I, it's one of those games where it's like how would you, you? gotta find it <laughs> i know it yeah would be how cool would if, it? They, uh, if they ever like i mean they're so now extra full circle i found out there's a competitive emulation circuit of mega man battle network where they created like a versus mode for mega man battle network and like i'm going to go on a deep dive with this at some point in my life but like was just trying to look up was there ever actually multiplayer in battle network like i do not remember hearing about this and i i don't remember battle network 3 is is like an all-time favorite game was the first game i ever 100 percented like so I was like, I don't think this is real. Like, how did they come up with this? And I need to learn how they came up with this and like watch. I was watching some clips on Twitter. It's insane. It's just like actual madness watching this game play play out. But apparently starting with Mega Man Battle Network 4, which I played part of, but like didn't like because that's where they kind of changed some stuff. They did frequent crossovers with Boktai. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so anyways... Um- enough full circle for the day um i think it's time to jump into our news story for the day um but but again everyone listening i know it's too late to do it on game pass the game is good enough to pay full price for (laughs) unsighted it's on almost every platform i bet um at the very least i'm pretty sure it's on switch and xbox um please go check it out if any of what I've referenced sounds remotely good to you. It's a delightful indie game. Um, But with that, we're going to jump into a news story. So it's time for the news. One big news story this week that I wanted to point out is there is a brand new uh, video game news website, website with a new video game coverage vertical, which is Insider Gaming. I think it is a branch of the website insider.com. Um, I'm looking for a byline on this, and I don't see one, which is too bad. Um, so uh, on Insider Gaming, one of their exclusive stories this week was uh, that sources have suggested that entertainment giant Disney wants a new Star Wars video game released every six months. 
It's understood Disney wants one major AAA title and one smaller game per fiscal year, which is something Lucasfilm is set to deliver on. The ramp up in video game development for Star Wars comes after EA lost its exclusivity act exclusivity access to the franchise so far eight star wars titles have been announced to be in development many of which do not have a scheduled release date Uh, and then it goes and does a rundown of those eight games which i will do quickly for you before we jump into some discussion here they have amy henning's star wars game from skydance media an untitled first person shooter in the works at respawn entertainment an open world game from ubisoft massive the folks behind the division the game Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream, the game Knights of the Old Republic remake from Saber Interactive, which was recently derailed from some recent news stories, if I remember correctly, Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, also from Respawn, Star Wars Hunters from Zynga, which is kind of like the Star Wars hero shooter for Switch and probably also mobile. I don't know what other platforms that's on. And an untitled Star Wars strategy game, also from Respawn Entertainment. Respawn out here with three games in the works with the Star Wars license. Um, (laughs) And under EA. (laughs) Sources have suggested that there are several more in pre-development. And some of them are believed to be at least four years away for some of the ones that are in development already. Um, citing the fact that Quantic Dream has had a really troubled development, uh, getting a quote of a development nightmare, quote unquote, uh, from somebody from the studio. Uh, And the issues seem to be stemming from the fact that Quantic Dream's engine is apparently inadequate for such a large scale project. Yeah, that seems... Eclipse will not be out until at least 2026. Wow. That makes sense. So... A piece of news that I had missed that they point out is that somebody over at Xbox Era, Nick Special, S-H-P-E-S-H-A-L, Nick Special, um, an obvious choice for a yet-to-be-announced yet project would be a Mandalorian game. And the person yep. writing this article says they have heard rumors of a Mandalorian game, quote-unquote, behind the scenes for a while now, but so far as... These rumors stem from speculation due to the success of the TV show. Yeah. Other small <clears throat> games or smaller games like Star Wars Squadrons might be on the horizon. And that's the story. I am really sad that I can't see who wrote this story. Yeah, that's oh, the one thing there's about... A little, there's a little icon here. Uh, that was from Tom Henderson. Over That's the guy who started Insider the site. Insider Gaming. Yeah, I um, I was surprised to not. I guess maybe he's the only person writing for it right now because it it's could literally be. just a super tiny profile picture type picture um, that was in no way highlighting. Yeah, yeah it's so like at the very top of the article. The one thing I want to news it shows who wrote it, but. Um, anyhow, um, the one thing I went would want to see out of these games and the, the beauty of having so many is there's very it's very likely we will see a Star Wars game that we want with this sort of format, um, whether it be a big game or a smaller scale game. But I 
give me more Shadows of the Empire for <laughs> remember that 64 game where you played Dash Rendar and yeah, yeah. Uh, you're basically like a, a son. Ho- uh, son holo he is i mean dash son holo the edm artist but also son holo in the sense that it's han solo with the serial numbers filed off yeah um that's really the situation here but yeah no that's i just give me a game like that like i want to play a dude who doesn't have a lightsaber and magic powers and let me just play in that world with and you know what what character or what game that would fit in really well with it would fit in really well with that respawns first person shooter uh or even so do you know what got my mind melting out of my ears (laughs) just this week so i was listening to waypoint radio one of my favorite podcasts and the hosts were talking about how respawn has this like unannounced fps star wars game yeah and they were like what if it's a remake slash retelling of the Jedi Knight first person shooter series that they did on PC back in the day, right? Jedi Knight, oh, yeah. Jedi Knight out, out, Jedi Outcast and all that. Yeah. And like having like the, the respawn like wall running and like that like sick respawn first person like mobility and stuff tied into like the just, oh, it would be so good. Even if it's just Dash Rendar and you don't have a lightsaber, give him a grappling hook. That's all I'm saying. Well, every game needs a grappling hook. God, like grappling hooks like make or like make or break a game, right? Like it's just like they're so, so good. I want more grappling hooks. Of of those eight games listed, right? Is is one of them standing out to you? as the one that's most exciting that has you, you saying, you know what, it, it's a good thing that they've, you know, rejuvenated the star Wars gaming license and they're, they're churning out all these, like which of these in that list of eight has you most excited. So I'm excited for Jedi survivor, but that's a known entity, right? So like, I know what I'm going to get out of that. I'm not, it's not, uh, it's not something that I would say I'm super excited about only because I know what I'm going to get out of it. And it's like, it's going to be a solid action adventure game, but it is still going to revolve around a Jedi, which is like my least interested aspect of the Star Wars universe. Right. Um, I'm honestly, it's either Amy Hennig's game at Skydance Media or the Respawn's first person shooter. And this is weird because I'm not a first person shooter kind of person, but they uh, those two have me like the first person shooter aspect has me thinking uh, shadows of the empire. And uh, that's where my hopes are. And then Amy Hennig's uh, because of her background of play of basically creating uh, these third person action adventure narrative games uh, makes me feel like that's going to be just a fun story to experience. And I hope it doesn't follow another Jedi only in the sense that that's basically what Jedi fallen order and Jedi survivor are. I would like to see, I don't know, like tell us a story from another person's perspective, be it uh, a bounty hunter or be it, um, heck it would be interesting just playing like a care, like, um, like not a, uh, like a 
stormtrooper or something like that but like maybe mm, he gets or a clone like trooper. put it in the clone or, wars era you know go you know, like maybe maybe the, visit, the uh, ship gets shot down and, on a planet and he's like the only survivor and he's got to get back to wherever his home base is or he starts to unravel like some uh big situation that's going on i don't know it could be a rebel too but i do like the idea of like twisting the the perspective of where the characters because you know what the <laughs> their clone or clone troopers are all clones right but stormtroopers some are remnants of those clones but a lot of them are just people that mm-hmm. are looking for a steady job right <laughs> so i give me the dash rendar star wars dark forces game that to me is what Amy Henning's game should be. Third yeah. person action adventure. You're not a Jedi because we already have our third person Jedi game. Give it to a bounty hunter type dude. Give it some like scum and villainy. It fits right in with that like uncharted. I'm a lovable scoundrel vibe. It's exactly the tone of writing that she knows how to hit home perfectly. And it is a natural fit for the stuff that her games in the past have excelled at, right? Yeah, yeah. Narrative heavy, action adventure, gunplay, some, you know, some fun melee combat, but but not that overpowered Jedi Knight stuff. I think that's a good fit there. And with the respawn game for the first person shooter, you could just tell me that respawn's making another single player story driven shooter in any yeah. universe. I it could be a Star Trek shooter where you're just using the phaser. I don't care. I will play it. Like they're one of the last development studios where they just have my blessing on anything that they're doing. I'm sure it'll turn out solid. Um, Which weirdly thinking of (laughs) going a little bit of a time warp with me. Did you ever know that there was a Titanfall tactics game for mobile that respawn (laughs) released? No, I did not. So maybe the strategy game's not that far off base. Um, so, but correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Amy Hennig work on? Um, wasn't she with Visceral that was making a Star Wars game for EA before oh, they got shut down or whatever? Or I think I think so. No, I don't think thirteen thirteen was her. I just but know she, there was. She was yeah, like her team was working on a Star Wars game with i'm trying to pull her wikipedia up just to okay yeah yeah i just can't yeah she was working on project ragtag a star wars game it was reported ea was shutting down visceral and that the star wars project was moved to another studio um and then she announced in june of 27 or june of 2018 that she left so she was at Visceral for like three and a half years working on Project Ragtag, which never came together. And I think partially knowing what Project Ragtag was supposed to look like from what I understood, that's why I think it was like in that sweet spot for her to give her like a dash oh, yeah. and dark character. Um, or even who's the the the, the guy now um, from, he's got the new TV show Andor. Um, the character, mm-hmm. that character, yeah, he, um, 
he f fits in that sort of same uh, area, right? Where it's it's a sort of roguelike individual who's uh, mm -hmm. like everything is like everything he's getting into is like dirty. Like he's not he's not a a, a shining knight in any regards, right? And so I think that while Dash Rendar might not be, I, I don't think he's canon in the Star Wars universe any anymore. Because uh, after Disney got a hold, they did a big purging of... Uh, They're also, of... like, slowly reintroducing those things they purged, right? I mean, yeah, you've got... But um, in their own capacity. In their right? own reimagined ways. But, like, who's to say... So, I mean, KOTOR, right? They're doing a KOTOR remake. So yeah. either they're going to brand KOTOR remake as Legends, and then you've opened the door to do Star Wars Legends games, where it's just that good good shit where it's like it's a big universe we're going to tell a story it's not necessarily canon who cares about canon anyways yeah or the alternative is people get what they want and now all of a sudden kotor's canon again yeah it's a win-win in my opinion but i'm my girlfriend would roll her eyes if she heard me say this i was like i'm not that big of a star wars fan as i watched she literally laughed in the background <laughs> As I've watched five seasons of Clone Wars and and have very strong opinions about Star Wars. Um, Fair enough. So I think here's the real the last question I want to ask. All these unannounced games, all of yeah. the all of the Star Wars games that are going to be in the pipeline. Do you want Star Wars games to be their own stories in the Star Wars universe? Or do you want it to be pulling in your beloved characters from the Mandalorian and from Andor and from the movies and like letting you interact with these stories that are already being told elsewhere? Original characters, like without a uh, doubt, just give I'm me, give me space. it's I can watch all these characters and I know how all these characters interact. But as soon as you bring in these movie characters, because Disney is like wants if Disney wants these games pumped out <laughs> twice a year and i know some of them are smaller scale right but if they want them pumped out twice a year using these big characters is going to upset their uh timeline or whatever unless mm -hmm. yeah they propose it's like this alternate timeline or not canon right but then if they're not canon fans diehard fans aren't going to enjoy it i don't think as much because there is some some pretty uh big stinks that were made when disney essentially purge the the canonical uh timeline right and basically sure, said, i mean it didn't make this the novels that they're no longer considering canon any less good having no 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 but 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 it know. did upset people right so oh, if you're, sure. you're gonna was, make a game and say it's not it's a star wars game but it doesn't it's not real star wars right and i think that would bother yeah. people so I feel like just give us new characters. There's a world beyond Luke Skywalker. There's a world beyond uh, R2-D2, 3PO. And lo just look at Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order was fantastic. And they only really had one. I guess there was uh, two characters that mm -hmm. was in the series. Like besides like like elsewhere in, in, in movies, TV shows or whatever. Like it wasn't. Like obviously, one was uh, is is a big Saw name. Guerrera, but... yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> I remember him. He was in the he was in one of the movies. 
Uh, he's uh, from the I know it's television show Clone Wars. I know. I I just I haven't watched from Clone Wars. <laughs> dude, but I know I've been told by everybody to it's, watch it. Uh, four and three quarters season slog for like one of the all time biggest payoffs. <laughs> It's just like there's like seven straight episodes of bangers at the end of season five that you're you're biding your time for. But there's some really fun stuff along the way too. Um, give me a Ventress Bayonetta style action game. If you know yeah. who Ventress is, you know. You want the bald baddie with two lightsabers, morally gray, slicing up foes. Ideal. But Ideal see, video guess- game. So that's the beauty of this this system that they're setting up is one they're distur- dispersing it to various developers that, that's their wheelhouse right it's not just one developer anymore it's not ea having to deal with it like if oh, honestly though like the best thing that ea ever did was give it to respawn um but it's not one developer trying to create multiple games it's multiple developers creating games within their wheelhouse you got amy hennig doing clearly is going to be like a third person action narrative right like it's it's that is what she's going to create because that that's what she creates and does well although, uh, you give it to i would love her to swerve yeah i think she can she's a, a great game designer and director she could swerve and have it be a different genre and still come out with a good product yeah, but that's uh, that. Th- th- no, no denying that. I, I'm just saying that, like, this is what they're do- they're giving. Uh, I, know, I know they're giving it to people because it's like, okay, well, we want a good Star Wars shooter, so give it to the good shooter people. Another game I would be really interested off of the list of unannounced would be the Quantic Dream Star Wars Eclipse because that sounds right up my alley. It's going to be mostly story focused, mm-hmm. uh, the way Quantic Dream does. I hate uh, David Cage, but. Uh, the the games they put out i really enjoy uh i absolutely loved like heavy rain was one of my favorite games that year and it's because it broke the mold and it kind of paved the way for that sort of like uh movie like uh like you you you're taking care of a, uh, taking control of characters but only in a limited sense and you mm-hmm. determine whether they live or die so i think that that could be a really cool star wars game um but uh to to quote the catchphrase of like the teaser trailer phrase of season five of clone wars who will fall you know yeah makes you think um but yeah i think that this is probably good if you like star wars you're going to have a vast array of star wars games to choose from in the future and uh, I don't think any of them would be necessarily like as a Star Wars fan required. I think it, they would be um, if this is in your wheelhouse of games that you like or style of story that you like, play it because you love Star Wars. Otherwise, don't worry about it. There's going to be another one next year or another two next year. It's almost it's almost the opposite of what Disney's doing. Hopefully, it's almost the opposite of what Disney's doing with the Marvel license, where Marvel is you love the character Spider-Man, so you're going to play the Spider-Man game. You love yeah. the character Wolverine, so you're going to play the Wolverine game, right? Like you love Iron Man, so you're going to play this newly announced Iron Man game. And yeah. I feel like in the Star Wars universe, 
because it's so big and because Star Wars has a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. When, when, like at the bare minimum, Star Wars has a feeling to it. To uh, at least good Star Wars is giving you the Star Wars feeling, I think, above yeah. anything else. That creates such a, a vast open space to be like, I want the Star Wars feeling while I'm playing a real-time strategy game. Yeah. With that, time for a mostly normal question. What is the best Star Wars game? Oh, man. The best Star Wars game? Ah, God. Because I just want to say Shadows, but I know it's like, you go back and play it. It's like playing Goldeneye. (laughs) It's just a little clunky. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to pick one that, that I think is just, it brings me so much joy playing it, but it's mm. probably not the best. But Star Wars Pod Racer was really fucking good. <laughs> Star Wars Pod Racer in in the Toys R Us where they had the two controllers set up and like the rig that like was simulating it as the display case. Oh my god! It's yeah, an all time experience. You know what else is a really good Star Wars game? The one where it's just the vector graphics arcade game where you're like going through and X-wing it's all black or... and green. Oh I, no, never mind. I mean, I think it was just called like Star Wars Arcade or something. Yeah, it's. I was thinking there's like an Atari <laughs> Star Wars game that you play like the snow speeder and whatnot, and it's really, it's really rudimentary. Um, damn, Episode One Racer is good. Um, I have some fond memories there was a playstation one era game where you were playing through like a lot i feel like a lot of it took place on hoth but that was more of a game that i like backseat gamed and just watched my friend play um i want to revise mine i'm i'm saying bounty hunter star wars bounty hunter was fantastic i love that i played it on the gamecube so i'm gonna stick I, with that one. i liked rogue squadron 2 on the gamecube oh yeah Right. That was that was that Star was Wars that was Star really Wars. good. That that had one of the most iconic. I think like they did that trench, mm-hmm. like the trench fight or they whatever. Really like, captured they it, nailed yeah. it. Oh, my God. I remember playing that at like it was uh, it was a fair or an event where they had pr- promo game cubes with that game or whatever. And mm-hmm. they had a Smash Bros tournament before anybody really played Sma- the, the Sma- Smash Bros Melee. And I got to play that game and I was like, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe how beautiful uh, a Star Wars game could look on I know. It a was, modern it console. It was just jaw-dropping. And like at that time, I was not that big of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And frankly, for me, like the thing that's cool about Star Wars is that it can accommodate the space wizards. It can accommodate the dirty, rotten scoundrels. It can accommodate a literal, on- you're only flying in outer space game. You know? Yeah. Although that does have a Hoth mission too where you come to the ground. You know, the Rogue Squadron games are all about the space combat, right? And like, there's so yeah. much space to play, and I hope they do a good job of this. Everyone listening, please, 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 we will be tweeting out this mostly normal question for the weekly poll best Star Wars game. I want some sick, sick nostalgia, and or I just want to hear how much you like Jedi, <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, or Outcast, or <laughs> God forbid it's KOTOR or KOTOR 2, or 
Uh, and, um, Republic Let's Commando, be honest. Nobody's Republic gonna pick Commando. Kotor. <laughs> Nobody's gonna pick Kotor. <laughs> We're talking about good Star Wars. Whoa! I, I I jest. I jest. I know that Kotor is I'm probably sorry. one of the most popular I'm Star Wars games sorry. ever made. I'm sorry. Do you? Sidebar. Do you hate Kotor? No, I've I've no I have no animosity towards Kotor. I've never really played it. I've I played it for like I don't know an hour on my buddy's like I think it was like Xbox or something like that. It was. I played it for an, day, an, but... about a half an hour on a road trip when I was spoiled enough to plug my Xbox into a TV that we had plugged into like a daisy chain thing to be powered by the car and was just like, I don't know if this is for me as like a 14 year old. And then I switched. I'm just, (laughs) I, I, yeah, my, my comment was only to instigate those KOTOR fans to come into the comments and say, Hey, KOTOR defense force. Cause we know that game needs defending. It's only considered the best, like one of the best video games of its generation. (laughs) Poor, poor, poor KOTOR getting bullied on our tiny video game podcast. (laughs) Okay. With that, Please do actually write in KOTOR Defense Force, show up in force. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for the show. James, before I have a complete mental breakdown, where can people find you on the internet so they can throw their hate at you? <laughs> you can find me at the prestigious Twitter account at Primus. That's a butt with two T's. And you can also find me on Twitch playing video games poorly at uh, twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. Hint, BLP stands for Butlord Primus. Sorry, there's going to be a really annoying blowing noise in my mic because there's a fly walking all over my screen and my screen's a touch screen, so I don't want to fuck up the recording. I thought you were going to say there's a fly blowing into your mic. I was like, all right. You can cut it out. Just cut this out. It it just keeps coming back. It's like a curse. John's going to leave this in just to spite you. Yeah, well, we're not all perfect. And my apartment's a perfect cesspool of bugs and cold. So it's my own little perfect little hellscape. Um, Uh, You can find me suffering through the cold of my apartment and the upcoming (laughs) Wisconsin winter at VG Occasion, where I occasionally tweet about video games. Um, Follow the show at MN Gamers Podcast. Please send an email podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Find the question of the week poll at our Twitter and please leave us a five-star review and your podcast platform of choice that really helps spread the word and get more listeners to our show. I'm going to go race out of here and try and beat Unsighted before the end of the day on Friday, dawn of the third day. Um, With that, it would actually be dawn of the third day this morning, because then tomorrow is the second day, and then Friday is the final day. This is all a very long in the tooth Majora's Mask reference. Go play some games. Bye! Bye!